This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is brought to you by Everyman Jack. If you haven't heard of them, they're a men's grooming company that creates some of the highest performing, best smelling products on the market. They believe it's not just about what you put in your body that matters, but what you put on your body from their body wash to deodorant to beard oil and more. They're made with naturally derived ingredients and incredibly outdoorsy scents that bring the best of nature to their bottles and bars. I'm a huge fan of all their stuff. The sandalwood scent, probably my favorite of all the things they have. And it's literally in my shower right now. So here's what you do. Head to everymanjack.com today and use our special promo code PUT6, PUT and the number six for 25% off on orders of 50 bucks or more. Making small changes to your routine, even in the shower, can have a significant impact. And Everyman Jack makes that easy. Everyman Jack, naturally derived, outdoor inspired. We're also sponsored by Amino Vitals. Amino Vitals' mission is to provide the highest quality of amino acid-based nutritional products to all athletes aspiring to improve their conditioning and performance. The BCAAs, Glutamine and arginine help replenish the body's muscle proteins and jumpstart the recovery process. I've been using Amino Vital since last fall, got introduced to them, and I see a positive impact from their action and recovery products. It helps me just get rid of some of those, you know, aches and pains that come with a tough workout. Hit up amino-vital.com, use the code PUT6 at checkout and save 20% or just click on their link on the show page and save today. Nathan Hicks joins me on this week's show, thanks to an intro from Mid-State Mile director and friend of the show, John Cox. Nathan and I have a really cool conversation about coffee, the internet set ablaze by Oliver Anthony, a.k.a. Ain't Got a Dollar, and the singer of Richmond, North of Richmond, and Nathan's pursuits through higher ground adventures and his new podcast, Everyday Grit. We just met, and I felt like I've known the guy for years. This is Pick Up the Six Podcast. Hey guys, Brian Jodis back once again for another episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Well caffeinated as per usual. Thanks to my friends at One Nation Coffee. John Richards and those guys have absolutely hooked it up. My F3 buddies this morning had cafeteria after the workout and they had some One Nation coffee out there locked in stock because we hooked them up. We gave them a little bit out of the stash back there. But here's what you guys can do. You can support this veteran-owned company. They're amazing. Remember their catchphrase? We got your 6 a.m. I mean, come on. It's perfect. You go to onenationcoffee.com, use the code PUT6, you save 15%, just like that. So, John, thank you. Go support them. They're a great company. Again, veteran-owned. They're giving back. We absolutely love what they're doing. They're keeping us well-caffeinated here on this program, which is always needed as we're in these sort of dog days of summer. And my man, Nathan Hicks, joins the show. Nathan, what's up, man? How are you? Not much uh, caffeine. Coffee is very important, so <laughs> I appreciate that you're well-prepared. That's right. That's right. I mean, dude, look a, at look uh, at this stash back there. I mean, yeah, look at all that. Phenomenal. Hooked it up. My man Fantastic. hooked it up. And it's good coffee. Like if it was dog shit, I probably would be like, hey, John, you might want to rethink the coffee game. But it's good. Yeah, yeah. And we took it on a big family vacation. It filled the pots uh, all week. And I've been giving it out to some friends and guests of the show. And if you're a coffee drinker, Nathan, we'll send some your way, my friend. I love it. I am. Uh, I try to have at least three cups by 7 a.m. And then I hit another another one once I get to the office. My, I have shifted the routine a, a little bit. I used to be a wake up and it's like the first thing you drink kind of thing. I, yeah. I've, I've prolonged it a little bit later 
to where I usually have my first cup of coffee about 90 minutes after I wake up. Friend okay. of mine that works in health and wellness, Dr. Tunis Hunt. He hosts a podcast called the Hunt for Wellness podcast. It's for mm -hmm. F3 guys, but it is applicable to anyone really. Cause he's given okay. real good when he's doing advice episodes about tangible advice. Uh, and he talked about, you know, wake up, get that water in you first. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, if you're uh, in the scripture, if you're into some work, if you're into working out about that 90 minute mark, you really can sort of kick it in. So I, I do that. And then, so I usually have a cup of coffee, like right after a workout, usually guys will yeah. do an F3 thing, or even if we go to the gym or whatever, I love a coffee, cup of coffee after the workout. I just, I like it. My body's kind of yeah. conditioned to it. Even, even when I'm hot, sticky. It's North Carolina, man. Oh yeah, dude. We, we ran four miles yesterday. We were soaked. And I was like, I don't think I want this hot cup of coffee. And the first sip, I was like, oh, it's nice. I can still do it. So I do that. Then I usually drive home. I might have another one while I'm kind of getting ready in the morning. And yeah. I'm, pro I'm probably three cups a day is about my average. Okay. But I've also been uh, known to do the coffee nap, bro. You know? Yeah. You ever yeah. done this? Drink a cup, cup of coffee? Close your eyes for 20 yeah, minutes. Lie down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. No, I have a, um, I, so I used to do a pour over every morning and then I needed a nice. little time. You're right. And so I, I got a nice uh, machine that brews it. So I, I brew it while I'm making breakfast and then I, I pour two cups. As soon as it's ready, I pour a cup into the regular mug and I pour a cup into the Yeti. In the to go. Yeah. Yeah. So while, when I'm done with the mug, the Yeti's cooled down to the perfect temperature. So I pour the <laughs> Yeti into the mug from the pot back into the Yeti. Yeah. And then uh, I just, that's a heck of a strategy. Cause if you go yeah. straight from pot to Yeti to mouth, it's a problem. It's hot. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. So well, this has anyway. been a lot of great coffee conversation. That's right. <laughs> I'm always the, down for that. These guys are like, who is this dude? What are they just talking about yeah. coffee? I got to give a shout out to our man, John Cox. You guys know him of the mid state mile. One of the tallest people. I mean, super tall guy, uh, yeah, but also just a great human. And he's part of this, circle of friends that I've made on this show here that we just have uh, every now and then check in with each other. And then these guys, I'm so grateful because they just kind of keep pouring into me and in this show, John Cox is one of them. Jeff Forrester's another one, Justin Sheely, Edgar Mills. There's a lot of other folks that are heavily involved in pick up the six. My man, Lowell Coppert, big friend and fan of the show, but those four guys specifically have kind of got this little working nucleus and I don't know how often they get to see each other. I know Justin and Edgar do because they're pretty close in proximity. Yeah. Jeff's all the way down in Florida. John's up in Tennessee, but mm -hmm. they're just it's sort of um, a group of guys that have been sort of pour, pouring back into us. And, and a lot of times when you hear us interview a guest, um, good chances, those guys have made a recommendation or sent them our way. And that's how Nathan gets on the show today. Cause John said, Hey, this is a great hard charging guy. That's, Got a new podcast called Everyday Grit, has done a bunch of great work of pouring out himself into other people uh, called Higher Ground. So, Nathan, man, I'm just thrilled thrilled to have you on and excited to see where this conversation goes today. Yeah, it's good to be here. I think uh, John was on last fall, and I think that's when you and I first talked. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was about to go out of town, and then you were out of town the week after, and it yeah. just kind of set there it's for the old a while. travel so kabuki that's dance. Right. Of like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's good to finally um, get to catch up and, and make it happen. Dude, I got to tell you, man, um, that travel thing is wild. I, I just spent a couple days down in Alabama at the end of last week, Thursday and Friday. I flew into Huntsville, okay. went over to Florence. And the only reason I'm telling you guys this, I want to share just a little bit about what my week last week was like. And then Nathan and I will get into it because I need a favor 
from Nathan, from you and from our listeners. So okay. a good friend of mine, been on the show before, Thad Forrester, his brother, Mark, brave American warrior. I might've put the book back on the shelf over there. Uh, Thad wrote a book called My Brother in Arms. Uh, his brother, Mark, was killed in combat 2010. He was an Air Force combat controller. And when I say brave warrior, I mean, I think the guy from all the accounts I've heard and read, I think the guy could have probably gotten the Medal of Honor. Uh, saved lives, uh, sacrificed his own on behalf of his nation and just kind of all American kind of guy. So they've got the Mark Forster foundation and they host fundraising events throughout the year. And one of which is a golf tournament in the Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which gorgeous part of Northern Alabama. If you guys have never been down there, boy, the cliffs and the Tennessee river, it, it's beautiful. I just put, uh, some GoPro footage up or not GoPro. I just put some drone footage up on my Instagram account. So go check that out. You can see what it looks like there. But also we took the gear down and we created a pretty uh, cool, short, very uh, upbeat kind of two and a half minute uh, sort of video from the event. And I'd love for you guys to watch it. Let me know what you think. And it supports the foundation by watching it. And then also I want to let you, I want you to let me know what you think because we we've created a few videos like this recently where basically I gear up all by myself. I launch in for an event and, and we just knock it out. So I just want to know what you think. I had a blast doing it. It's what God designed me to do. We're going to be doing more of that in the future. It's uh, it's just a big part of what we offer from a production standpoint, but to help causes like that uh, is pretty cool. So I want you guys to check it out, watch it and just great people, man. Uh, great faith-based family, uh, great folks coming out to support this thing. So anyways, that's kind of what was going on. It's, it was hot down there, Nathan, but it was well worth, well worth the journeys. That's for sure. That's cool. And that's a storied part of the state for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt that I got to go drive over and see that muscle shoals sound studio. Little, yeah, yeah. Li I mean, it's crazy <laughs> little small building. where like some of the biggest names, like, names yeah. like Leonard Skinner came through. Yeah. Right? Have you seen, there's a document, cool. great documentary about it, uh, on either Amazon or, yeah. or Netflix. I don't remember which, but I was just watching on PBS on Saturday night, a big Leonard Skinner kind of rockumentary. They're showing a bunch of music and it was cool, man. Uh, it's influential kind of stuff. So yeah. Nate, what's yeah. up, man, dude. It's good to meet you. Good to Likewise. talk. We're going to talk about your podcast and man, just the great work through higher ground, but you're a guy that seems pretty motivated. Uh, charged bit, up, yeah. spent some time in seminary. So you got a faith-based background. Why don't you just yep. man, introduce us to yourself? Yeah. Uh, I grew up in the panhandle of Florida, uh, in Pensacola and, and lived there kind of through college and then kind of ventured on to different parts of the, um, the country. And once I left there, uh, I kind of what kicked me out of there. Uh, after I went to school there mm -hmm. after college, I hiked the AT and, uh, and that kind of began to create some separation from me and hometown. And I always had a draw to the mountains. Yeah. Uh, uh, so made my west went to stay in Texas. And, uh, when I was in Texas, I met a guy that had worked for this wilderness program in California. And uh, I had begun to have uh, kind of this desire to work with people um, kind of in the context of faith, but somewhere outside of the church. But I didn't really know what that looked like. I had no clue, really. And uh, I didn't really want to do like a residential camp. And so I knew there was something different, but I had no context for it. And I met this guy and, and he essentially introduced me to a program that was very similar to what many people would know as like an outward bound style mm. uh, program. But it was, you know, this organization led backpacking trips in the Sierra Nevada anywhere from like four to 21 days long. And uh, we do a lot of climbing and rappelling on the, on the trips. And 
he was like, Hey, you should check this place out. And I looked at the website and I was like, just blown away. Uh, like that, that's the thing that I didn't even know was there that I want to do. So I quickly made plans to go uh, work in that environment. And after you had to make a, a commitment for a couple of summers. So went out there the first summer was everything that I hoped for and more. And as I was beginning to go back the second summer, I was, I was also kind of dealing with or, or considering an invitation to be a part of, a, um, there was a church plant I was helping in seminary and it was kind of the invitation like, Hey, look, if you want, you can get done with seminary and just roll right into staff here. And it was kind of the natural progression of what most people would do on that seminary path is, is look for a way to work in a church while you're in seminary and then just roll on to paid staff. And it's certainly, um, it was certainly inviting from a, you know, what to expect um, standpoint, but I just wasn't at peace with it. And uh, on the other hand, I had this, there was this opportunity or this thing I was doing that felt like it, uh, it was what I was made to do. And there was absolutely no path whatsoever outlined for how you make this a living. I think, at the time I was getting paid like $35 a day to lead trips. And then you had a room and board when you were out there and you're like, I, I don't see how this goes anywhere. Right. Right. And I just, uh, I remember talking to then my, my wife now and my girlfriend then, and, and I just like, I don't, this makes no sense, but I feel like freed up to just go down this road and see what happens. And she just laughed and she was like, well, yeah, of course. Like that's, I'm glad that you realize this. Everyone around you is, knows this. Oh, it's, so one just, of the, oh, it's one of those deals, right? Yeah. yeah sometimes you just party, got your head. Sure. Yeah. You got your head down. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, like that seems on yes. brand for you. So you're like, oh, that, okay. that's exactly right. But that validation so, in that moment is kind of key, isn't it? Oh, it was huge for me. And it, yeah. and it gave me something I could look back to at points where, um, where like, I, am I, how did I get where I'm going? Uh, yeah. I could look back and say, no, no, this was not, you know, I, to the extent that I was able, I gave it a lot of thought and consideration and was doing what I felt like uh, the Lord was calling me to do and what I was made to do. And it's just kind of um, continued on. So I worked out there. We worked out there for a couple of years, even after getting married, and then uh, got ready to come back to the southeast and started looking for places in uh, in North Georgia to settle and settled in Rome. And uh, as we left there, we kind of began to have this um it wasn't really like I wanted to do it. I think if there had been another option, I would have happily jumped to another option, but mm -hmm. didn't know of one. So kind of this, just asking ourselves, like, what would it look like if we started our own thing? And uh, how would that be different from what we were doing in California, you know, based on geography and, and different clients and the fact that you can work year round and all these sorts of things. And so as we settled in Rome, I, I started working as a carpenter and then as an adjunct at um, Barry College, teaching climbing and, and backpacking, those sorts of things. And just over a few year process, uh, it kept coming up and kept coming up. And finally, you know, we had a kid and it still is coming up. And and again, she's like, hey, look, if we're going to do this, let's do this yeah. and, and quit um, talking about it. It's not going to, we could reach the point, like it's not going to ever get any easier than it is to, for me to stop working another job. And so... We did that and uh, started higher, what, what's called Higher Ground in uh, 2007 and then began running programs in 2008. So uh, 07 was like getting filing the nonprofit status stuff and mm -hmm. kind of getting the structure and organization in place and, and me figuring out a lot of um, kind of how we first go about it. Yeah, and then, that's, that's, that's quite a process, right? And a journey to get there and then probably learning as you go a lot of those things. I mean, you had sort of institutional knowledge of sort of programmatic stuff, 
but then to right. fold it into your own thing i mean that's that's like a whole nother yeah i mean the, right there. even today the the program stuff comes very easy to me it's the it's all all of the back end stuff and it's yeah. and I, it is yeah. learning as i go and now sometimes i'll talk and uh explain something and then i I kind of look back after I've said it and I go, I guess I have learned. It sounds like I know what I'm doing. Right. Right. I guess I've learned something along the way, but I, I had no clue what I was doing when we started in terms of how to raise money, how to create a structure. All of that stuff was just kind of trial by fire or just take it as you go. It was do you tricky. have, do you have a, um, do you have a photo album in your mind of some of the greatest views you've ever seen? Yeah, but I, I, yes, for sure. Uh, and, and I think that's a better way to describe it rather than what's my favorite. I just have, yeah, I have a photo. I got, I don't, they're all cool for different reasons. Uh, and they're all tied to different memories. Um, and it is, it's good to, it's good to see new places. It's good to revisit the same place where you have kind of this memory of something or have a history and, uh, and just see that it's new every time based on the group that you're with or what the weather's like that day or, yeah. or kind of how you've changed as a person. My uncle got, um, was a avid mountain climber in his younger days. Um, uh, he's my dad's brother. So he's a hell of a mountain biker now. I mean, rides like pretty competitively. He's okay. got a pretty gnarly story of, uh, climbing with some buddies on a treacherous trip and basically getting in a tough spot and all they had left was, like two cans of tuna for mm -hmm. nutrients and for fluids as well. Oh, wow. And basically like got out of it kind of at the last second before it really got hairy. Uh, have you climbed to that level? I mean, any kind of dicey, uh, Never wild story? Tell me your wildest story. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I have this thing people throw around the word um, epic as if mm. it's a good, you know, like a, it's an epic ride and i'm no, like epic I, I don't could really be pretty bad too yeah yeah i don't want really anything that's epic because it usually <laughs> means the plan went wrong and uh and you're just fighting for your life so i've been very fortunate to manage risk well and plan mm -hmm. well and, and never get into anything where it's like dire i mean you know that i joke now with my kids uh just different things day to day i have a different level of what is okay uh so at the end of a 21 day trip you know and you're like you're, you're cutting the mold off of the cheese to eat the part of the cheese does that, that doesn't have mold or you're just eating honey by the spoonful because you don't have much other food left and yeah. stuff like that where, uh, you know, I, I wasn't worried, am I going to make it? But you're kind of just getting by on what's left after after yeah. a lot of days. Uh, and then certainly we'll have, I've got some stories of being in really um, less than ideal places when thunderstorms rolled through. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I, I'm... Here I am. There's nothing I can do you about just it. Hunker but, down. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it is, and yeah. you realize how little control you have. You guys talk so about yeah. You talk about adventure with purpose for higher ground, right? So yeah. it's not just about taking folks on non-epic outdoor adventures, right. cool outdoor adventures. That's right. But what's that mean, right? The word purpose in there. You you have that in there on purpose. So what does that That's mean right. for what it you is. guys do? I think uh, I hit it from a a couple of different levels for us as we, as we founded the entity, uh, my wife and I really wanted to create opportunities for people to grow in their faith. And then mm -hmm. as we were thinking through the steps of the process, one of the things we realized is that God didn't make either one of us to just work with people that said they were Christians. Like we were happy to work with anyone that we could. And, and furthermore, we wanted to create a, an organization that ran trips of the caliber that 
people would want to come to us and use what we did because it was the best possible, not because I never liked that. Like they're really, if you want a Christian thing, you should go there. They're really good for a Christian program. Right. I want, I would rather people say like, I don't care if they're Christians or not, they run the best program. And so, um, we did a couple of things. One, we just said, Hey, look, we want to help people grow and from wherever they are to whatever the next thing is for them. And, and sometimes that's big giant steps. Sometimes it's baby steps. Sometimes it involves faith and sometimes it doesn't. And so for us, we just said the way that we can honor uh, our, our relationship with Christ and our background in faith is by doing the best thing that we can, making everything mm-hmm. the best it can be. And so we tend to, um, we're very broad in the scope of what we do. We'll work with groups of 120 students uh, all the way down to eight adults. And so at, at each level, we try to say, okay, what is this group's, uh, what are their goals? And how can we use you know, the time and the activities and the resources we have to help them um, meet those objectives? And so it's got that adventure with purpose. And that purpose is just kind of tweaked a little bit based on the group, each group that comes and what their needs are. So you end up getting a lot of programs that are essentially tailor-made to the, mm. to the group that's coming, um, much more so than a cookie cutter, like here, come do our three-day thing. It's, it's much more like, okay, well, tell me about your group, your people, how much time you have, where you're coming from, and let's figure out something um, that gets as close to meeting your objectives as possible. Yeah. I, I, don't, I kind of think of it as like a big mixing board, and you're like, okay, well, you got this many people, we got to turn down the intensity, or we got to yeah. turn down, you know, um, and trying to get everything just well, right. It's, right. Cause it's different if you're doing a group of four, five, six, super intimate right. group of one twenty, right. You probably need to split them up, get them into smaller groups, get them yep. the approximate folks around them. All right. So if you're trying to inspire growth, develop leadership, connect people, why do you have to disconnect? Why do you have to get them out? Why the right? Why is it so important to get them outdoors, get them out yeah. doing stuff like that? I think in a perfect world, you don't have to, uh, you know, if someone's bought in and engaged, you know, certainly you can have those types of conversations. I think the difficulty is our world day to day is busy enough that it is hard to quiet some things in order to focus on others. The other part of it is that some of these lessons are, um, they're a little bit hard to learn or they're easy to learn cerebrally. They're a little bit harder to be in a position that you have to apply them. And so to learn, Yep. Uh, experientially generally means that we're learning the level at a, at a deeper lesson. And uh, when it requires us to bump up against something that's difficult, being outdoors, uh, one removes us from the other distractions and it gives us oftentimes the opportunity to experience some visceral stress, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. And it, it that's kind of where that learning opportunity is because I can talk to you all day long about taking risks in business and, um, you know, how you got to push through and all, but you don't feel any tension or any risks yeah. in the moment. It's just kind of clinical, but if you're hanging off the side of a cliff and you feel your chest, you know, that tightness well up in your chest and you feel what it feels like to, uh, to move past this liminal state. Well, then when we, when we talk about a liminal state in business or whatever, it makes a lot more sense because the reality is our visceral experience in the day to day when we're stressed or freaked out is generally the same as when we're out in the mountains or, yep. you know, doing something physical or whatever. So if you can voluntarily um, put yourself in that position, you tend to just learn the lesson a lot better. Yeah. I mean, my, and my, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. My go ruck friends will, will probably shake their head uh, in affirmation on this. You can just learn a lot about yourself and the limits when you're under the log, right? When you're being mm-hmm. pushed physically. And then also there's something about taking 
the lessons that you would, uh, you know, deliver into someone's head, sort of book learning, right? Leadership lessons, Mm -hmm. converting it into their heart. And oftentimes, I mean, I've just found by doing overnight physical endurance events or physical team events, you can learn a lot more about yourself then. And then also you've also just got that shared experience that you just, mm-hmm. you can't duplicate that in an office suite. You can't no. duplicate that uh, in, in, even in most of your businesses. So no. you just got it. So I'm the proponent of like, yeah, it'd be great if you could sit in a boardroom and, and sort of teach people stuff, but that only goes to the head. I don't think it, I don't think it delivers it to the heart until no. you're under some stress or face with, you know, uh, high stress and low viz. Sometimes it's hard to implement, man. It, it is 100%. And there's, you know, even we look at a, a group of 120. So we're, we're about to hit a season of the year. Where we work with a bunch of private schools. Mm. And one of the things I tell the client and tell our instructors is like, we got to be reasonable about what we can expect. What I can expect 120 seventh grade boys to learn in a day. Like it's pretty surface level stuff because we can't be, it's, it's not prolonged. It's not intimate. They can still hide a little bit. Yeah. But the smaller the group, the more, uh, the further out you go, the less you can hide behind um, whatever posture you want to put up. And yeah. when we can take those things down, that's where that's where we have the chance. Dude, to we got we got a school close to where I live that you need to check out. It's called Iron. What's it Ac- called? It's called Iron Academy. Okay. It's in Raleigh. They're an all boys school. Uh, their whole model is iron sharpens iron. They have an inner school council and they take, they, they do this already. I don't know to what level they do it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know who's providing it for them, but um, they're amazing. Uh, their model is cool. And they get their boys like out in the woods, like part of their, nice. before their school year starts, I think they make them do something like what you're talking about. So I would just, Hey, piece of advice, check out iron Academy rally. Yeah. See, look them up. See, That's see cool. if you can serve their, they're a hundred percent aligned with what you're doing. I've been over there and, and checked out the school myself. It's amazing. Um, and if I had young men in my household, they'd probably go to school over there more, probably yeah. more chances than not. But anyways, check that out. Cause they're doing stuff like that. And the, and the whole point is we're going to ask these boys to take on a lot of responsibility at our school this year. They've got a, they've got a self accountability thing. They've got these challenge coins that boys can give and take from each other. Mm-hmm. If they're not living up to it's a cool model. But I cool. think before their school year starts, they send them out to the woods for like a long weekend nice. or three or four days or whatever. And mm-hmm. they've got supervision and all that. Right. And that's sort of the whole point. And yeah. then they can go into that year, man, with that shared experience and having tested their own metal a little bit. Like, guys, you have to seek out testing your own metal. You're not going to the chances of you walking down the street and someone needing your assistance to the level that would rise to really push you. I mean, it's just that's probably not playing out. So you're going to have to go no, out it, and seek this discomfort. Yeah. And the, and the self-confidence that comes on the backside of doing it is um, it's remarkable. And it's, you know, it, it almost comes um, just as a byproduct of being willing to go out. And, yeah. you know, we took uh, both of my daughters when they were 13, uh, they got to go on a backpacking trip. That was just us. Uh, the first one went on a, her trip was kind of hell because it was, <laughs> I'd never been. And I'm, I just, the route was a lot harder than I thought it was just yeah. brutal. So I'm still trying to get, you know, convince her to come back with me a second time. The second daughter benefited from the experience I had with the first one. We dialed it back. It was a, the right level of challenge, but each of them kind of look back, even the one that hated the trip. Uh, mm. She's like, I, she knows that she can do it. And, and it, 
and it revealed to her and it revealed to me even in the moment, like it, as it was bad, I'm just like, kid, I'm sorry. This isn't how it was supposed to be. And she just put her head down. But, and, but and this is the reality. Yeah. This is the reality <laughs> that we're faced with. That's right. Like I'm sorry. Your expectations don't meet our current reality. Right. That's right. Yeah. But that way gets us to a hamburger. Let's just keep walking. Yeah, that's true. Hey, um, we're going to talk about the podcast everyday grits new. We got okay. about four episodes in. Did you, uh, did your social media feed blow up like mine did this weekend with this Oliver Anthony guy ain't got a dollar. Did you see this? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it was a, absolutely. I mean, I don't remember if it was Friday or whatever day it was, but all of a sudden everything's and this yep. start seeing this music video come across and I watched it and I was like, this dude is singing with some soul and some man, some heartbreak and just knowing kind of what some tough times are. And then you, his, in, his Twitter is ain't got a dollar. He's on Instagram too. I mean, if you guys have seen it, it's the song sort of sweeping its way across the country mm-hmm. this week. And it's like topping charts. And it's just some dude, some dude that 30 days ago was in a bottle and gave his life yeah. really over to Christ and has turned it around, has put the bottle down and is now just singing with soul. And he sings, man, I, you know, I wish politicians gave a damn about minors, not just minors on an Island somewhere. I mean, he doesn't hold back. He no. talks about these old North men, you know, North of Richmond, the rich men, North of Richmond. It's really incredible. I really don't even know why I brought it up. Other than I just want to talk <laughs> about him on the show because I just been kind of moved by it. And I figured you'd probably seen it too. Yeah. It's, it definitely blew up all over mine. He, he, he can sing. He can. And he can. And that's the other part. People are like, how did this go viral? There must be a bunch of people helping him. I'm like, I promise you, even if there are people and there are people that have big accounts that are sharing it, you yeah. can't hide that heart, the heart of that dude. And now with phone, this is the advent at one of the advantageous things of social media 20 years ago, maybe we didn't hear about this yeah. guy, but now we can see him the next day, same day, somebody's mm-hmm. live and you hear him and you're like, dude, there's a lot of soul in there. And I think there's a lot of people around the country. that are like, he's hundred percent right. And they're getting yeah, tired. They're getting nerve. tired. They're getting tired. They're struck mm-hmm. a note. You're exactly right. That's what I love about. I don't just, I just, I love that example of guy just put something out there where he's singing from his heart and it strikes a nerve and he can, Changed his life, I'm sure, overnight. Yeah, and and I think what's cool is even even if it doesn't, even if it never goes viral, yeah, it, it's still it's still valuable. Like what he's doing is still him expressing and, and using his gifts, and uh, it's cool that it does. But yeah, for the people that are that doesn't happen for, it's no less important that you keep doing that thing. I think we gotta. We're not. We don't need to take time. You do it in your own time, but you gotta pray for a guy like that too. Yeah. You know, like, and, and obviously he's gone through some struggles and then all, there's going to be a lot thrown at his feet. So I just pray that he continues to walk the path and, and continues mm-hmm. to give the glory. And in fact, I think he will, the very first video he did after kind of blowing up over the weekend before he really started performing, he went right back into the book and read some scripture to the crowd. And so, uh, just a fan, <laughs> that's, good. that's cool. I'd love to get him on the show, but we're not going to push it too hard. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but, um, that was a cool part of the weekend. All right, dude, let's talk about everyday yeah. grit because you're uh, shadowing up behind the microphone now. You're like, look, man, I got some stories to tell. I got some things I want to talk about. Um, yeah. Tell me about the genesis of this and what do you want to do with the podcast? Yeah, it's, um, you know, there was a guy that I read a lot, a guy named Seth Godin that writes a lot about business and marketing and branding. Yep. And um, yep. I think years ago, he, he, uh, he has a blog that he does every day and I think it's like basically just said everyone should have a blog and it was back when blogs were big and his point it was like not because anyone will read it but it because it will force you to flesh out your own thoughts and sharp sharp things. yeah it sharpens your sword yeah. yeah and so 
Uh, probably, if I, if I look back a little bit retrospectively, probably during COVID or kind of in as that was happening, um, I just kind of looked around and realized my perspective isn't as common in every case as I thought it was. Mm. And sometimes I was surprised by people uh, that were, like, not that we shouldn't have all been freaking out a little bit. I think it was a natural response, but there were some people that I was like, that couldn't reach beyond the freak out to find some sure. grounding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And again, I I kind of come to terms or had to come to terms like this. It's getting into higher ground. There's very little I can do about it, uh, but I can trust. Like if that's what happens, then the Lord will move me onto something different. And so being able to kind of see things, so that I just said, okay, okay I see some things a little bit differently. And then I did um, did some work with uh, Three of Seven Project for a while. Yep. Uh, and Chad Chad Wright Chad Wright for our friends that know. Right. Chad and his work yeah. as a Navy SEAL. And then obviously just this incredible, they've built a movement, right? Like Warrior yeah. Poet Society, three of seven projects, like they're movement builders. They're content right. creators. There's no doubt, right? Like they're, and they're great content creators, but they're also movement builders, which has been cool. Yeah. Uh, so as kind of was the architect of the basic course, ran that with them for a year and a half. And kind of as on the heels of that, a lot of the stuff that I was getting to do uh, and, and was coming out of me on in that arena was, you know, I was like, okay, I need a new outlet for this. Yeah. Uh, what's, what does that look like? And, and while higher ground is here, it's not, it was built very purposefully to not be centered on me. Uh, and so this idea of every gig, everyday girls, like, oh, I'll just have a podcast. And initially it was like, I'll just, um, my Instagram had become like me trying to process thoughts. Uh, mm. But, I had the thoughts were bigger than what I could do on Instagram. So I was like, I'll just basically have a podcast. Yeah. On there and start 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's what it has become. It's, it's uh, taken me longer to do it than I thought. I, I bumped up against myself being my own um, biggest enemy and hard, harshest critic. Yep. And uh, so I know, I know how that feels. Yeah. It's like, and sometimes you just got to go, man. Yeah. Right. Like I did the same thing just, here. Just, yep. And, you can't beat one in every walk of life, right? Yeah, be be hard on yourself, but you got to extend yourself a little bit of grace every now and then, right? Too, right. right? And so then sometimes just go, it. just go, yeah. man, just go. That's right. So I don't know how many times I, I attempted to record the first episode. Nah, just I, I would just turn the microphone it, on it. and just yeah. put it out there. So I, I screw up John all the time. I, I mean, it's listen, good. I'm an amazing podcast host. Let's not get, I mean, I got it. Yeah. I screw up all the time. <laughs> Yeah, all this stuff is good. I agree in theory, but it was very difficult for me. I I got you. I got you. So the first one, I I finished recording it and then I sent it to John Cox and one other buddy. And I was like, hey, look, here it is. I'm not listening. You listen to it and tell me if I should not put it out. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm just going to push it out. And uh, I was like, listen, man, I got some notes. (laughs) So he said, no, man, put it out. Um, so away we went. And uh, I, I love it. It still is, you know, the process of putting them out is a little bit painstaking. And I've uh, yep. I've not gotten to where I can. They all end up being about an hour when my mind initially I wow. thought that'd be about 20 minutes. So I, I, my brain tends to work really linearly. And then once it goes, I ask a bunch of questions of myself. And it always takes me the next step. And I have trouble not um, following it to its end. And the reality is I need to pull it back a little bit. Let yeah, but here's and... here's what I'm be interested to see if anybody's pointed this out to you yet. Maybe you thought of it. Here's what you're doing. One, you're getting just you're getting those thoughts out. Yeah. You're you're verbally writing a book. Yeah. You're you're right through 
through right. audio podcast form. You're constructing. Yeah. So yeah, stick Forster with it, man. Said, yeah, he he's pushed me um, a few times. Like you should write a book, you should write a book, and and I do think like this is what I, this is how you're doing it. <laughs> Once I do that, you, so that's right. There's some, there's right. something to it. There, you know, uh, great folks like Nick Lavery, Object Secure, wrote a great book. Right, Green Beret mm-hmm. lost his leg in combat, went back into combat to still be an elite fighter. Wrote an amazing book, Object Object Secure. They're now podcast episoding all the chapters, right? Oh, nice. You can Tarantino this thing. Yeah, that's right. right. So Just you can the do the podcast way. first and then write the book from it. There might be something. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Forster, smart and handsome. Uh, that's right. He's listening. So there's no yeah. doubt about it. Well, listen, man, tell folks where they can find it. I want them to know more about Higher Ground, where they can hear you uh, talk through these thoughts on Everyday Grit. So give us a data dump. Yep. So Everyday Grit Podcast, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, um, I guess wherever you go and find podcasts. Uh, you can find Everyday Grit Podcast on Instagram. It's just that Everyday Grit Podcast. There's a link to the show there. Uh, and then Higher Ground Higher Ground is uh, hgusa.org is the website. Um, you can go look at it now. It's going to be better in about a month. Uh, it's, we've got a new one that's being built, and it'll be lots better. Uh, and then Higher Ground on Instagram is just take out all the vowels, uh, whatever that is, H-G-R-H, mm-hmm. uh, anyway. And then I, I'm uh, N-J-H-I-X on Instagram, and you can link to either one of those places, Everyday Grit or Higher Ground Yep. Um, from there as well. Good. Bro, it's been fun hanging out. Yeah, good chatting. I yeah, love, uh, love what you have going on. Same with you, my friend. Uh, keep up the good work. Stick with it. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's been fun, man. It's Nathan Thanks. Hicks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, absolutely. Brian. Go check him out, guys. Anytime. Everyday Grit Podcast, Higher Ground USA great things he's putting out there kingdom building at the same time which is important he's nathan hicks i'm brian jodas that's been this episode of pick up the six podcast Mm -hmm.